Welcome to a special pastoral edition of I Don't Hate This in a Park. We are coming to you live in the past from the park across the Mies van der Rode from <laughs> the Museum of Contemporary Art. Or and I saw two bunnies and three five and a, pigeons and a turtle dove and maybe something dead smells really gross behind us but we're not going to talk about that coming to you in smell-o-vision um, but today the MCA stands for Mirakami Chicago oh, Art or like nah man oh <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> it stands no, for no it stands for merch, merch. <laughs> merch commerce commerce and oh where'd you get that sweet merch <laughs> um uh. so we just uh saw Marikami's uh well we're gonna put uh all or most of the press conference remarks up probably after this do you want to put it up all after we talk yeah and maybe have we'll have a impact. sandwich or a maybe sandwich. we'll interspice, interspice. interspice. Yeah. This is going to be fast and dirty. So our last episode is the most produced uh, prog rock, smile, <laughs> uh, you know, decades-long project we've ever done. But this it's is going to be raw footage. It's going to be... Uh, I don't know. Are people going to even want to listen to the entire thing of that whole speech? Fuck Yeah. That's Ugh. probably the most important thing we've ever done. Oh, my God. So, the exhibition was pretty good. I think I'm going to turn the, le the levels up. Okay. The exhibition was pretty good and very interesting and fun. And I, there's, like, so many people in my life who I'm like, oh, you got to come see this. It's so cool. Um, so, that's not the point. The point is, like, oh, my God. I feel like, okay, I wonder if this is because I haven't been to an artist lecture or something that is geared towards press in a long time. And the fact that they're trying to make newsworthy moments for us to talk about. Yeah, if, if this were a, a visiting artist lecture, first of all, they wouldn't have had Mark Echo come on stage. That was, that was kind of nice where they're like, oh, and by the way, we're announcing ComplexCon. Please welcome to the stage Mark Echo. I definitely- Echo, Echo, Echo. I believe his name is Mark Echo and he, uh, and, and he works complex. for Steve Madden, who was the famous NFL coach from the 1980s. And he's got a series <laughs> of football game video games named after him. Uh, wait, is that the same person? No, that's John Madden. Okay, I was like... <laughs> well, when I found out that Michelin, the restaurant tour guide, was mm -hmm. really actually Michelin the tires, that blew my mind. So I believe yeah. anything now. I'm very, yeah, because they, it was I'm like trip planning. very open to the possibilities. Well, here's a, okay, this is a really funny story. So when I was... And this, this is apropos because of uh, Takashi Murakami's multi-partite paintings. Um, which, by the way, the name of the exhibition is The Octopus Eats it's His Own, own leg. leg. It's, it's Own, own leg. leg. I'm sorry. It's not Ever since I got... Nonsense. Shut up. Hey, I, you shut up. 
You shut up first. You shut up first. This park is not trying to, to be. Start, like, I'm not trying. Just, we're having a spat. I'm not trying to be sexist. I guess it just comes naturally. That's what I'm saying. Um, I would hazard to guess, though, that individuals tend to personify or gender things based on their understanding of gender. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if a female were like, the octopus eats her own tail or leg. tentacle leg. So I don't mean it to be. Uh, Ever since Eleanor triggering. said that she wasn't allowing her students to use the word society anymore, I realize how much I use the word society. I use it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, when I was in high school, I was talking about society a lot. It was also, what is that? Is that some 41? Whoa, are those pigeons fucking? <laughs> they look like they might. Oh, look. Oh, tails down. You guys, oh, they're doing the mating ritual. Those pigeons are getting it on in the park. What the world? Oh, they're, they're kissing. They're grooming guys, each other's I, plumage. I groomed some plumage in this park one time. <laughs> Did you eat your own testicle? Oh, tail, <laughs> leg. God damn it! All right, go on. Um. So the octopus eats its own tail, or the octopus eats their own tail. The octopus. Okay, so. As the cover of the catalog clearly states in beautiful gold foil, all caps, the octopus eats its own leg. Is the name of the exhibition. Yeah. And? You were about to tell an anecdote. I, I know, oh, the anecdote about I know that Michelin I shouldn't stars. try to get you on, like, you go on these tangents and I'm always relieved when you forget them, but this one I wanted to hear where you were well, going. Well, the problem is if I forget them, then I have to figure out how to cut it out. And if it eventually gets told, then it's like, okay, it all comes together. All right. Well, like then. a yeah. octopus eating its own leg. <laughs> um, when I was reading about Francis Bacon and all of his paintings that are triptychs, uh, I asked my mom what a triptych was. This is like in high school. And she was like... It's, it's this thing that the AAA gives out to you when you're, like, planning a trip, and they call it a triptych, <laughs> and it's, like, all the places you should visit and stuff. <laughs> and then I showed her the word, and then she's like, oh, that's not how it's spelled. It's T-R-I-P-T-I-C-K. Like, you're ticking off all the things on your trip that they told you to visit. Oh, man. And I came across this recently. I think it was, like, someone that posts old things on the internet, <laughs> pictures of old things. Um, I think it was maybe like at historical photos or at pictures of old things on Twitter, but they had like a bona fide triptych from AAA. Oh, so it was it was real. It was a total thing, and it was just funny because, well, my mom, you know, was like a kid in born in the '40s and like a kid in the '50s, and so she was definitely part a child of that generation where it's like post-war, everyone's getting a car, and they're like see America first, the family trip, the family road trip, and, and very much of that era. So, Which is interesting. Okay, so actually... And what I understand um, is kids back then, all they wanted was some fucking merch. <laughs> well, what Mirakami... Should I call them Takeshi or Mirakami? Which one or both? How Are we on first name basis with him? With, oh, because the, the surname and first name go in a different order in Japanese? Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I don't, I've heard in most uh, uh, discussions of his work, Mirakami. Yes. Well, anyway. I feel like I can call Mark a, Mark on a first name basis since we had a moment on stage. Oh, my God. I um, He made a very interesting point about pop art 
um, that I hadn't really thought that much about, but that it being very sort of nationalistic in a strange mm. way. Um, and I, I think that we sometimes forget that because of the ubiquitousness of American popular culture around the world, but that there could be sort of like, well, like Sigmar Polka is like doing these chocolate and sausage paintings. It's like, what is the cultural landscape of oh, that place? And then America, like, you know, like McDonald's and stuff. And then like British pop art also is like looking at these kind of like yeah. very What's homey the places. Thing? Right, exactly. But that it's, but that I think that people assume that pop art has a placelessness. And that's right. not necessarily so. Well, it's sort of like whiteness, like people assuming whiteness is normal. Yeah. That's baseline, and it's the same way everyone's like, oh, well, it's America, it's everywhere, it's Coca-Cola. But it's actually, you know, cultural imperialism or something. And, right. And the result of, like, the U.S. being the, like, one superpower that wasn't, that profited but was not destroyed by World War II mm -hmm. and was sort of, like, We've got bases all over Europe and in Japan and everything, and you know, right. so our our fighting boys need Coke and chocolate. And Hershey's. Hershey's. Yeah, yeah Hershey's I, chocolate bar. Um, but I think that it's like a very interesting idea to think about Japanese pop art as being almost completely distinct from that, or that it could be alongside of that and still have like a very strong sense mm -hmm. of place, even in an in international light i mean this is mm -hmm. I, I first of all i'm wearing a dress from uniqlo right now <laughs> um the japanese h&m as it were and h&m H &M is german, is german. <laughs> right exactly um and uh like i didn't know that pokemon was japanese when i was a kid not that i thought it was american but i just didn't think about it at all it was like as important to me <laughs> as anything else yeah i watched the dub version and like i had a um I had a teacher in globalization and East Asian culture um, say that when she was growing up in Korea, like they watched Japanese cartoons all the mm -hmm. time, but they explicitly didn't know they were Japanese because no one, because of like the animosity between Japan and Korea, nobody wanted to admit that they were consuming Japanese culture. So yeah. it was dubbed into Korean and no one ever spoke huh. of it again. And they were just sort of like, oh, this is a thing everyone loves. And I mean, that's how Pokemon is. It's a cute thing that everyone loves. Not that, me. Well, you can go to hell. Um, <laughs> that is, like, in some ways explicitly Japanese and in some ways has this kind of universality. Yeah, well, and it's through video games, too, right? Like Super Mario Brothers and... Yeah, Mario. And so it's a technology thing. And now that I'm Donkey thinking Kong. Donkey Kong, which is a mistranslation, it's supposed to be Monkey Kong. <laughs> That's funny. Which makes more sense. <laughs> um... But I'm thinking about it because we have this huge isolationist turn since November 20 or uh, whatever, January 20th. Jesus Christ. Um, and I wonder how, I mean, I think, you know, yesterday when I was in Taco Bell and they had all the TVs that usually show Maury Povich and Ellen were all showing the climate talk mm -hmm. speech. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm witnessing the decline of the American empire. Like, it's like. It's basically like he like came out and was like, I'm making an announcement that uh, we're no longer going to be number one. I, um, I because like everyone's laughing in America because they were because like, of what I'm doing right now. I so it's, it's I can't even speak about it. That's how upset I am. But it's basically, you know, and there have been, uh, you know, not just environmentally, but they're like, this has a lot to do with 
economics and also global supremacy, basically. Um, and honestly, it, it's uh, we're actually playing into Russia's hands <laughs> I... because because I read this article and they're talking about the Kyoto Accord. Right. And how that was for years. It took forever to set it up, and then Bill Clinton got got on board, and they made these promises and milestones. And then as soon as W. Bush got in, they very hastily, as as Trump did, uh, backed out of it. And they have interviews from Colin Powell and Condoleezza Rice, who are like the State Department, and um, I can't remember what their jobs Secretary were. Of State. Secretary of State. Secretaries of State, attorneys general, um, but they were like, "Oh, this was totally stupid. We were so stupid to do this." And then they're like, "The the next eight years, they were just like every time we had a meeting with foreign leaders about anything, it was super tense, and we were like completely embarrassed and put on edge, and also completely disadvantaged." Uh, and one of the big results, which I think it's more Russia Gate shit. Um, Oh, I wish we could come up with a new scandal suffix. I'm so Russia logo. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Russia cone, Russia cone thief. <sighs> Russia, kofif. Kofifi. Kofifi. Is that uh, because the U.S. backed out of Kyoto, uh, it left this vacuum, power vacuum, and also the U.S. was diminished in all their negotiating. And as a result, one of the things is Russia got to join the WTO, the World Trade Organization, and the U.S. had reservations about it, but they, their objections were completely ignored because they had backed out of Kyoto and Russia stuck with it as they're sticking with the Paris Agreement. Um, so I it just has remember as a, as a young girl growing up in the 90s, as a young person... Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine any other superpower other than the U.S. And I always would be like, I don't understand this whole Cold War concept. Like, how could Russia? Russia's like whatever. How could we be like afraid of it and stuff? And now I'm like, oh yeah. And you're like, oh, because they injected a virus into our democracy. So anyway, I was just thinking because that's a prescient issue, but it's also. Uh, well, the we know we're withdrawing. Issue is important to this exhibition, also. Right, but it's also about cultural exchange and pop cultural exchange. Yeah. And every, unilaterally, the U.S. is now making steps to withdraw itself from the international stage. Right. So, what effect in the future will have that on will that have on culture? Because we're no longer huh. gonna like because that and that also will have well, a huge the, economic. Well, there's this economic supremacy of American. Right, but part of that is the culture we export, our movies, our music, and everything. Right, because that's still the biggest export that the United States does. And that's the thing. It's like manufacturing jobs are never coming back here. But Right, but if we're not allowing... exporters of culture. But we're becoming incredibly... Not that that's necessarily good, but that is... I don't know. Yeah, no, totally. It's happening. We're becoming uh, unattractive. Whether, whether well, that's why everyone's like, everyone's that, like, it's like he's Hitler. It's like World War Two all over again. I'm like, no, you idiots! It's World War One all over again, which is even stupider of a war. I don't know that much about World War One. Well, it's just based on <laughs> where we <laughs> just had U.S. history. We had U.S. history four um, years in a row. Uh, one year we covered Pilgrim's Day to the Yippies. Um, do you mean yuppies? No, the yippies. That's a thing. Okay. They were like violent hippies. 
Anyway, uh, no, it's, it's World War it One was all about isolationism and yes, I do remember and that. And it was all about uh, weird al- allegiances. I mean, that's why yeah. the whole world got involved was because like two countries were fighting with each other, but there was this giant global alliances, and so mm-hmm. if you went to war against one country, went to war against all of them, and then there was like this yeah. factions. But it was definitely about isolationism. Yeah, that's and that's totally what we're doing now, and you know whether it's actively and denying and nationalism. Well, that's like, what and like, isolation could, and nationalism go hand in hand, right? Yeah, exactly. But how could you be nationalistic? The U.S. isn't a nation state. Is a nation state is like a, ethnically a state, people are the same. Yeah, exactly. Japan is a nation state. Germany. Germany is a nation state. Well, that isn't that what a lot of Europe is also confronting because yeah. they're like France isn't just French people anymore. Right, and they're and that's why they're being fucking terrible about. <laughs> No, but they're doing better Burkinis than England. and stuff. No, France is not doing better than England. But the English Brexited. Because the English they're Brexited, like, we don't want any... We don't want... But the French even, are being We don't really, even want Scottish people in our... Wait, well, maybe we do. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're getting out of... So anyway, there's this octopus. Well, no, I mean, I think... I, I don't the The nuclear issue, I think they did a really good job of bringing that about in the curation of this because I think you were saying that that's always sort of been part of the content I I mean Mm -hmm. I thought that the work in this show was very dark yeah and kind of disturbing and grotesque in a very strong way yeah which it's kind of like oh no it could be cute and it's going to be poppy but it's kind of fucked up too yeah um which I also think makes that more powerful when you're like it's a it's like a twisted cartoon vision or something like right the, it's a cartoon dystopia. Yeah, like, well, because it starts out with his cute character, Mr. Dobe, which I always thought was Mr. D-O-B, because they used to spell it with periods. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to ask him about that. <laughs> um, but, and that was kind of about him asking people, like, what's their idea of, like, a perfect character? Like, what would represent him? And so he kind of did this kind of, like, light research to develop that character that kind of is this Mickey Mouse-looking thing right. with a lightning tail. Um, but it was kind of a result of polling people and seeing like, what would be a good mascot? What would be a good icon? Um, but then as it goes on, it gets, you know, flattened out or squished into like decals, as they said, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you were like unwrap a globe or unwrap, Mm -hmm. you know, like when you see like an airplane and if they, you didn't, you see the diagram of how. Cater projection, earth projections. Exactly. Uh, but then by the end, it's like the colors are in negative, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so you get these really interesting color combinations because it's the direct opposite the inverse and it's throwing up all over itself <laughs> yeah yeah but then i was throwing up all over myself so yeah i guess why, so, were, why were you because why we started out the day with beautiful cartoon cartoon nina and then at some point her colors were inverted and she started throwing up all over herself <laughs> oh i mean and this is what i wonder i wonder if this was really an artist lecture or an in conversation i mean they tried to pretend that it was but it really was just a press conference I wonder if maybe I would have thought different things. Well, they did also say it's the press conference. (laughs) I know. It was supposed to be the press conference. I thought, I mean, based on other ones I've been to, I thought this was was pretty elaborate, like, because uh, Michael Darling did have this kind of slide lecture at the beginning, like a very kind of quick overview that was, you know, sort of the way you'd introduce an artist when you're doing, like, a survey course. Yeah. And I mean, it was very impressive that he was here. Yeah, to well, give and I a like lecture. That, that they they sit down to have this conversation, 
But then, like Oprah, there's like surprise guests, and they're like, and we want to announce that we have this major collaborative commerce. I mean, okay, here's the thing, though. In some ways, the the commerce aspect of it did undermine the whole message and the point of the exhibition. On the other hand, this this commerce piece of it has been going on for a very long time in his work and would have probably not come to the fore had this not been like explicitly put out. No one, none of the press people would have asked questions like, are you just trying to make money or something? Um, either of Mirakami or of the MCA. Um, because I feel like the MCA is like just diving off the deep end into a pool of money like Scrooge McDuck right now. Um, yeah, but well, I would, but I, I would but I don't say think that anyone would as... challenge them if they hadn't been so explicit about it. So maybe it was a good thing. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I know, feel like this is more within just, their wheelhouse than um, oh, definitely. I than mean, like Bowie. I, no, well, that's. But I'm just saying this. The whole. I know, and. It's just I, a very different my, strata. I know because art. I'm like cranky about it, but I'm also just the most insufferable art high art snob you know what I mean it's it's very difficult for me to get rid of my traditionalist roots and my interest in institutions and things mm-hmm. like that although I don't know maybe this is a critique of the institution because it's but you know my elitistness getting in the way of them wanting to make something kind of populist and kind of make something that people can actually engage with or have fun with and it's true. I mean, it, it, but I think that the embracing these dualities and knowing that I have this bias and knowing yeah. that it kind of disturbs me that they're like, but you know, it's like commerce, music, street yeah. culture, art, and that well, they're I'd, trying to make money off of it. You know, like well, at I least I know that I'm in, that I'm ambivalent about it because yeah, I want to buy all this stuff. I want to buy the merch. I want the merch. I want everyone to know I'm cool and that I like art and that I like cool art. I want to spend money doing it. Um, so I know at least that I'm like being taken in by it, but at least I'm not like fooling myself to think that that, that aspect of it, the, the clothes and the stuff is the art. But they're saying it but is. But they're saying That's it is. That's his point of super flat. Murakami's point of super flat is that the keychain and the enamel pin is the same as the painting. And I mean, that's why I'm like, I don't know, maybe we do need to think, rethink contemporary art that looking at it. Then why doesn't the painting cost three fifty and the because the painting and the and the keychain costs thirty seven thousand dollars because it's stratified in the same way that everyone can participate in the Chicago Bulls but who gets courtside tickets? You do because you're from Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not all the way at the court. Like I have I have friends in high places. <laughs> no, um, no, but even when you have uh, when you have access to like that where you're like okay we have I have a friend that has can occasionally get me awesome seats at the game but you also see like well who's in front of you or they're like well who's courtside and also who'd want to be courtside because I'd be worried the whole time that I get hit with the ball or accidentally <laughs> trip someone or, or catch a fly ball or that catch was a still fly ball. Um, or uh, a guy accidentally takes my drink and thinks it's Gatorade which that was pretty funny because I think maybe LeBron, somebody did almost did that where they like kind of wiped out and they thought they were by the, uh, the like Coolers. bench. Yeah. when they were like, they thought that was like, you know, one of the like ball boys or whatever that has water for them. And he almost grabbed this dude's beer. <laughs> it was awesome. 
Um, anyway, but, but but so it's the same thing, right? Like who? So you can all buy a bull T-shirt, or you know your kids can go to the Bulls camp and get a chance to meet a current or former bull. <laughs> but <clears throat> also, it's it's all about access to power and levels, and it's also legitimized by that. Like, yeah, no, you don't all get to meet LeBron, but you need you need that multi-million dollar contract to bring LeBron to sell Cavs jerseys. You know? Yeah. yeah. In the same way uh, the celebrities are going to show up at this show. Or the, or even you were saying, um, which I, I, I would say you have to fight those self-doubting urges that... How are you even a Z-list podcast? Z-list media? I don't know. But anyway, you're saying that, oh, we wouldn't be allowed to ask those questions. We wouldn't be able to go up to them and ask questions. Whatever. I know. No, it's true. Yeah, because we're nobody. I mean, and this is what no, I No, that's keep not saying. the part I want to talk about. Well, just that. No, the part. So those paintings have to be unique and special because then you make pictures of them. You mean like in internet you make pictures prints and of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's all related. It's all part of an ecology of commerce. Oh! It's a it's a elaborate ecosystem about the constant flow of capital in and out of markets. Okay, so this guy who was like... the most like, beautiful work he, of all. He kept trying to tell young people what young people like and what they should do. Okay, he said that the newer generation is like a cultural je ne sais quoi. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's what the French call... What the French call a certain... I don't know what. I'm a young person. He's telling me what I should do and what I should think. And then everyone's like, you're not young. And I'm like, I'm, I am young, okay? <laughs> like, yeah. you all, you 30-year-old grad students don't think I'm young, but I'm younger than you, okay? Yeah. Except that I'm getting old because I just had my birthday and I'm not longer in my but she's not early gonna... 20s. We're not going to talk about it. I told it. you, you're in your... Mid to late 20s. No, there's a, <laughs> there's a stratification for that as well, but I can't think of it. So he was like, young people need to know that connecting with other people matters in this like world where everything feels so claustrophobic with social media having real connections matters and i was like go die you why are you telling me how to use my own internet and how i should have experiences it's just but he's also talking about he he was like you know kids today they (laughs) he literally said the word kids and i lost my shit i was like you can't no um oh god but but he's also talking about economics there too, which I, I only think of because. Uh, well, I know my, because every well, business in the world is like, "How can we get to millennials? How can we get to millennials? How can we get to millennials?" No, but like, but when he said, he, but what he was also talking about is when you are actually interacting with people in person is the most important. That's the most valuable interaction in terms of business. Um, yeah. And I thought of that only because Lane Raylia pointed that out in a recent talk he gave at UIC. Uh, as part of a symposium. Um, but he was like, he's like, that's still the most valuable. And so he was talking about it in terms of the art world. Like, who are the people that are allowed to travel and go to the Venice Biennale and go to Documenta and all these things? And who are the ones that stay home? So he's also talking about that in terms of art departments. But he's like, the face-to-face is still the most important way to exchange information and the most valuable. So that was completely made true in that conversation because the guy Mark Echo was talking about doing something and how he'd really like to work with Mirakami and then for whatever reason Mirakami, Mirakami was up. there in a conference room and they're like hey can I collaborate with you 
Right. I mean, and, and that's the thing true. where would you send an email? Would you have my people talk to their people? No, it's important no. because they're in the same area, yeah. which is New York. <laughs> um, but then Michael Darling said something about being a well, he got to go to Complex Con or whatever, and so it's like, well, that's his job as curators to go around and like be at those places. Um, and so, you know, you have curators of small college museums, and they're still like on Instagram going to the Biennale because they need to be there, right? Because you know they need to be paid to go on these art networking vacation trips because they meet the person they say oh we'd love to do a show with you and then the person's like yeah I really connect with you personally I don't care that your institution maybe isn't the most important or whatever well and then that's how that all shit gets disseminated so there's a show called Ashes that's opening now that was based on Steve McQueen's installation in the last Venice Biennale which by the way is an amazing piece an amazing film installation but it's a really good piece and it was also cool to see that new piece there so there's that privilege of who I'm at the Venice Biennale and I get to see that piece mm-hmm. and then you're also like oh I saw that two years ago now it's at Boston's MFA or wherever it is <laughs> whoever it museum is having it it's like god damn it we marketed it at the Venice Biennale and you're like I know I was there yeah so whatever museum is like god damn it we put this on Twitter and they think we're in Pittsburgh or wherever they are um, so yeah on the one hand I'm like oh I saw that already so I feel the privilege of seeing it premiere but then the people in the yeah in the museum are like, oh, I get to, I got a small piece of the Venice Biennale because I got to see this thing that was there. So it's a weird thing, but I'm like, it is also a good piece. So that's again like that contradiction you're saying where you're like, oh, I'm against this, but I also want like really cool stickers. Yeah. <laughs> but it shouldn't. It wants you to then say, well, then don't complain about it. But you should still be able to. Yeah. Because you see that you say. Uh, I'm at Documenta 13. You're like, this is a stupid piece. It's got spaghetti and resin in a swirl. And then a year later, Dieter Rollstrata has that in his excavation show. And I was like, and he was talking about how excited he was to see that in Documenta. I was like, this was like literally, there are thousands of arts. <laughs> there are thousands of arts in Documenta. And I was like, this one literally stuck out as stupid. And you made it the centerpiece of your show. <laughs> but then he's now part of Documenta 14 because he did uh he played this game that you play in the international art world where it's like you go out and you date do the thing and then you ah this was in documenta so now you're disseminating that commodity and then you're like we brought it to the mca and then the documented people they they nod their heads and they say very good okay yes so now you you are okay to step up to being into our documented creative team and this is i really honestly feel guilty for not playing the game though like right now because we got to come to this opening, the press preview before the show opens for anyone else. We got a catalog, we got our cookie and our tattoos. Yeah. And I feel like, and now our job is to tell people how great it is and that they should go see it. Well, I think and, you should go see it, but well, I think you should also think about problematics. I know, but I guess, I guess like, um, I don't know, having worked in art press, it's like, no, you don't really want, like anyone who really, talks about the problematics you're like ah oh, geez they don't like anything there's a bunch of sad sacks yeah well if this uh i mean and we are well, well i am clinically like, depressed and i'm on two medications so no but I'm sorry <laughs> we're all on two medications eric well so, one of them's as needed the point the guy was like well that's one cynical thing and i was like no he, he knows said it was respectfully he said it was respectfully cynical, which I but think like, maybe we should I'm call like, this episode. Oh, I just, that, I was just, I'm like, he knows that I'm so, that, uh, that we're a bunch of art, we're a bunch of art complainers. He knew right away that we were a bunch of art complainers. 
Wait, are you and talking? I'm not a cynical person in my real life, but I'm a very cynical art complainer. And it, oh. and I was like, ah! Well, you have to merge the two. I don't know. Were you talking about but Mark just Echo so or the much... dude here that sat down to read on his lunch break and Mark just Echo. got up and walked away? Mark Echo. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like respectfully cynical but I should just, either be our show nobody... title or our new our new catchphrase. Sorry. I know. No, I know. I just like... I... I, I just don't want to play. I know I don't want to play the game. Like, why is why is nobody talking about how much nonsense there is around this stuff? People are. I know, but not enough people. Well, that's what I'm. But I don't. But I also don't want to be like. But so we're the only ones that are gonna bring you the truth, listeners. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple! Like no Wake one's gonna sheeple. tell you the real thing. We got a free catalog, and you didn't. Also, fuck you. <laughs> um. Well, if it helps your conscience at all, um, part of why I haven't really written reviews in a while is I, I stop. I don't like that dichotomy or that binary. Is it a good show? Is it a bad show? Or, yeah. And I mean, it also goes into the, the press or the media outlets where they're like in that synergy of like, well, we want, you know, we'll give you access to this artist because we know you're going to do a puff piece. Yeah. Or they're like, we only want to write about shows that are good. You know, we only want you to write about shows that you like. And the critic Dave Hickey talks about this too, where he's like, uh, so what do you do? You vote You vote by what you write about. So you only get to write about things you like, and then so that's what, how you're voting. Uh, and then he talks about sometimes, you know, it's like a Whitney Biennial or a Venice Biennale or something. Then they're like, do you want the pro piece or the con piece? So they can like even it out. So then you're going to write the critical one and the other person's going to yeah, write the celebratory yeah. one. But I And found I feel like it's only if you get to a certain level, like, like, at the Art Institute, we would let Jerry Saltz in, you know, even though we we're like, well, he might say some bullshit about this. And he's also a fucking hack. Yeah, I mean, you know, but, you know, like, once you have a name for yourself like that, then you can say whatever you want, and they'll give you the same access. Because... Well, it's not the same problem, because Jerry Saltz has just made himself into a brand in the same way where, like, you're exactly. suspicious of Mirakami now, where you're like, uh, which is, you know, we ran into Terry Myers' name drop, uh, and he was talking about how he's kind of worried that, or sad or something that the historical and sort of deeper content of the show gets a little bit lost particularly in the way they structured the press conference where it's like oh wait keychains sneakers what streetwear Street sci-fi yeah kids um merch yeah and that there is a lot of deep content and i think that's you brought that out too when you were like a lot of this work is really grotesque or dark or depressing yeah. um but that gets lost over in the Although same way. Although that's what I said, because Michael Darling really wants to frame the work in that way. And the first thing I wrote down when he started his talk was like, no, don't worry about it. Pop artists can be serious too. <laughs> well, but like, that's, that seems that's to the... be like the point of his angle, curatorial angle on this is like, now I know this looks right. fun, but, but it's, it's work. It's actually serious. Okay. But when, but I mean, that was... And I feel like that's that's pandering to the art cynics too. It's like it's but like, you can't have it both like, ways. Don't worry, I know this is art, but it's actually going to be fun. There's going to be t-shirts, but also don't worry, I know there's going to be t-shirts. But, but also they're, they're going to be, be very really boring serious. t-shirts, and you're not going to like be that excited. Well, no, I'm just saying he's like trying to talk to these two people right, at the can't. same time, people who hate art and people who hate commerce, and and be like, we have something for all of you. Right, then, but you can't then, then you, you can't, can't do that, and that's the reason not to play the game or play the game strategically, because well, you just, lose that credibility. So... It's the same thing with bands yeah, getting really famous, and you're exactly. like, oh, those albums were good, and then they got big, and then Kurt Cobain killed himself. <laughs> well, it's just like <laughs> because they, there's this, this 
lack of honesty or like genuineness and like just tr- not not transparency that sounds so like like there's something nefarious going on it's not that it's like it's like gen it's not genuine it's like it has this fakeness well it's just about, about it. money at the end that that was the thing that bothered me the most about this sort of i mean i'm also probably thinking about this a lot because i'm super fucking broke and unemployed but this guy's talking about street culture and like community and stuff and then he's like they, kids want to buy things and then they set up their own economics where they sell things that they've bought to other people that they've bought yeah and it's like craigslist but cooler i'm not gonna pretend to know what street culture is about because i'm not a fashion designer <laughs> um but i suspect that it's it's mixed in with this uh ambivalence towards wanting to participate and commerce and have those things but also being like there's shit more important than shoes i want to make my shoes. own way i want to make my own way i want to be successful this way and that but why is that the only why is the only success is like teenagers wanting to be takashi mirakami right like well and this is one of the reasons why it, cause I it's love like oh Kanye. i want to participate i want to participate in capitalism why is that the fucking goal i know to just to make it money. as an artist is to be is, like and that's and that's well, the thing that's gotten more and more the focus is MFA programs are more and more focused on increasing attendance and art students, art schools. It's your fucking specialist school. And they're like, we need to have 800 incoming freshmen. There aren't 800 artists alive in the world, let alone 819 year olds. What are you? Oh my god! No, but this is why I no, love I mean, Kanye. I'm being hyperbolic, because, but I mean, I do think Kanye has, in some ways, an ambivalence, and in some ways, just an absolute love for the the commerce of it all. And, and he's definitely getting out have, there and putting mental illness on center stage. Sure, um, he really is like. He really is honest, and he really says exactly what he believes at every moment, which is like, why he's I'm like really such a Trump. fucking idiot. Um. <laughs> No, but it, do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't have this fakeness about it in the same... Like, he, basically, I'm talking about his collaborations with Mirakami. It's like... Well, yeah, no, yeah, I get that he, like, likes that work. And that he, he had George Kondo and this do that cover because he likes so it. And this was before he was so crazy, too. And mm-hmm. before he was doing fashion. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, I'm not I'm not really going to have a comment either way on Kanye. I know, I just... I don't, I don't think he's necessarily the I mean, this the was the best. old Kanye... I don't <laughs> like. I don't think he's necessarily the best. That's gonna be the, the outro. We gotta play that uh, that song from Life no. of Pablo. I miss the old Kanye. Oh, okay. I don't know that one. Is that on YouTube? I'll send it to you. You don't want to play it? Na 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 na. I'm getting older and stronger. This is me rapping on Daft no. Punk. This is listen. That's actually what turned me off to Kanye because that was the first song I heard of his, and I was like, this dude's just rapping on top of harder, better, faster, stronger, and. <sighs> See, Daft Punk this was is, my okay, so so Americami designed Daft Punk was my Kanye before Bob Fogarty was your dad's Bob Seeger. <laughs> Americami designed the um, the album for graduation and like the and Kanye there's this one line, character as I and mentioned that in the was show. the most pivotal part of my high school experience was listening to graduation like every freaking day and that stupid bear I love it and so it's just like I, I will know. say I the album this, cover. Like, very, I was like, yes, yes, a painting, yes. A painting of which is in the show. Okay, this that's a good example. Because you're like, that existed as an image, and then he went back and made a painting of it yeah, for the show. Yeah, that really annoyed me. Did you see my face when he said that? I was like, oh, They're like, brand new for this exhibition, a painting, a painting of, of an old album cover. drawing that he already made. I was like, what? I don't know. But that's totally about legitimizing it. They're like, well, we can't just have, like, 
can't just have a poster of what the cover looked like. Yeah, you what if you had it on vinyl or something? Well, that would be a question. Like, would we have it on CD? When did this come out? You know, and they're like, 2007. Well, we... So was CDs were still kind of. Yeah, that thing. was like the only thing. I had 808s and Heartbreak on CD. So like, <laughs> what if they had a CD of it? That's another exhibition strategy. I know. But I like this one. He's like, no, I'll just paint it new. I'll just make a new painting of it. Also, a now this painting, painting is gonna. A new be very valuable. Exactly. And as I said to Nina in the exhibition, there's this weird diagonal where like half the mouth is round and the other half is at a perfect 45 degree angle. I love this painting. You can just. You and can, I love the way design that's wise, it has always fucking bothered me. I never and I can't really stand realized. It. Well, I didn't really and realize till today that that was supposed to be like a face and a mouth. Oh, and it's like, like he's it was, being spat out Mr. by Dog. the school. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't know that. And I, I in all honesty, am like. Dude, this, uh, if it weren't for that weird diagonal line, I might be like a bona fide Kanye fan. But like when everyone was talking about that album, I saw the God cover damn. and I was like, what the hell is no. up with that diagonal? It makes no, no sense aesthetically. You're a you're I'm a not lying. I'm just like, every time I look at that image, it's like, uh, I can't. Right. I don't understand. It just makes me want to either curve that line or like straighten out the other circle. I like that. I like that line. That's why I got into Kanye in the first place. It works better Team as a painting Nina because like, since it's yes. so since it's so big, you can kind of I move really, through the painting. You know what was really funny though? I found an old, I found a, an issue of our high school newspaper from when that came out, and some kid had reviewed it, and he was like, "I don't like it." He's like, the "Song Drunken Hot Girls" is very bad. And I was like, "Yeah, but so." But this one is day we'll, we'll be drunk and hot. It was just such a funny thing to read. I was like, oh, man. That is pretty good. I love it. Yeah, do you still have that? I do. All right. We'll Instagram it it or something. Put it in the archive. But the thing I wanted to say about playing the game or not or reviewing it and the the plus or minus, what I've found that's interests me more is, like, does it have interesting problems? So is is an artwork or a show something that... Uh, but if it's all problematic or if it's all la 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 does it give you does it stick and give you things to think about Um, is it something you just like immediately or something you just hate or how does it all compare and I I'm I don't know I've known Mirkami's work for a long time so I don't know if that fits into my review or not because it's like you know like looking at especially the early work I got very sentimental for you know times in my life as a young artist as a young boy artist (laughs) As a young boy, artist who likes cartoons. But, uh, so there's, there'll be stuff I like in this, you know, in the same way you're like, I'm always going to like that movie or that album, even if maybe later, or you're like, like, yeah, Drunken Hot Girls wasn't really that good of a song. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's two things that happen. You either go back and you're like, uh, I can't listen to this. It's too painful. It reminds me of this time in my life, you know, or you're like, uh, it's too stuck to that moment or you're like, this is still brilliant. But then there's also like, but now the stuff they're making oh, is that better? Is it worse? Or, you know, it's like the Simpsons effect where I'm like, that's when the Simpsons stopped being good. And you're like a little bit younger. So you're like, no, that was two seasons later than it stopped being good. And it's all subjective and based on your experience of it. And so yeah. with that, I would say. Wait, yeah, you're is, gaping what? hole full of jagged teeth down to the MCA and see this show. Put all 17 of your eyeballs on this art. <laughs> Yes. Put on your Venetian blind sunglasses. <laughs> and see half of the art. And see half of the art. <laughs> Put on your Venetian blind sunglasses so no one can throw shade at you while you're looking at Takashi Mirakami. Thanks for listening to I Don't Hate This. I miss the old Kanye. <laughs>
follow us on social media at I Don't Hate This on Instagram and Twitter. You can tweet visit our us. web. You can yeah, tweet at us. You can send us some fan mail or questions or comments or tell us that we're a bunch of cynical jerks. I mean, respectfully. Um, to I Don't Hate This at gmail.com. And you can visit our website where you can see all of our pictures and media and listen to our episodes. I Don't Hate th.is. I Don't Hate This. Kanye, straight from the gold, Kanye. Chop up the soul, Kanye. Set on his goals, Kanye. I hate the new Kanye. The bad mood, Kanye. The always rude, Kanye. Spazzing the news, Kanye. I miss the sweet, Kanye. Chop up the beast, Kanye. I gotta say, at that time, I'd like to meet Kanye. See, I invented Kanye. It wasn't any Kanye's. And now I look and look around and there's so many Kanye's. I used to love Kanye. I used to love Kanye. I even had the pink polo. I thought I was Kanye. What if Kanye made a song about Kanye? Call him Mr. Old Kanye. But I'm so Kanye. That's all it was, Kanye. We still love Kanye. And I love you like Kanye loves Kanye.